Welcome to GE Vital Voices, where we help move the conversation and solutions forward. Welcome to GE Vital Voices. My name is Alna Schutz, and I'm a journalist who frequently works in the healthcare space. On this podcast, I talk to healthcare professionals and those interested in public healthcare in South Africa and beyond about the issues affecting you. We talk a lot about healthcare and what is vital, but this is a space where we have a conversation about topics that are important to you, our healthcare workers, and in particular, those in public healthcare. GE Healthcare is focused on precision health. Doctors, nurses, and clinicians are often under-resourced and overburdened, and COVID-19 has brought this front and center. Solving the industry's productivity challenges by improving access, enabling more precise patient diagnosis and treatment, shortening hospital stays and wait times, and lowering overall costs is more pressing now than ever. GE Healthcare is about delivering on the future of healthcare by enabling precision health, integrated, efficient, and highly personalized care. We all know the last 18 months have put incredible pressure on you as healthcare workers, not just physical pressure. There have been shortages of PPE, long hours, and of course, the very real threat of COVID-19 itself. But the pressure on your mental health has also been unrelenting for many. And it comes in so many different shapes and sizes. But of course, we know this is a long-running problem and not just something that started now. There are underlying issues in the system contributing. So today, we're going to take a moment to really look at the issue of mental health pressures on healthcare workers in our country, including some of the causes and possible ways to make things a little easier. And to help me with this conversation, I have two amazing women with me. Here on my right is Dr. Zalawa Sifumba. She's a doctor and global health advocate. She has had TB and COVID-19 herself and has spoken out about how the healthcare system has failed in many ways to support doctors adequately and the impact the pressures are having on their mental health. She has worked with Doctors Without Borders and is an ambassador for the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, TB and Malaria, as well as working in the mentorship space for younger doctors. And then on my left, Dr. Laato Hatle. She is the founder of Young MD, a human resource innovations company that focuses on supporting clinicians through mentorship, orientation, facilitating successful transitions, and so much more. She is also a strategic stakeholder specialist at Discovery and, of course, a medical doctor. Thank you both so much for being here. I'm so excited about this conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Sifumba, we already know, as I've mentioned, how tough it is for healthcare workers. But what are some of the main pressures on the mental health currently of doctors, nurses, and everyone in healthcare? To answer this question, I don't want to just start with the pandemic, you know. I want to start with the fact that mental health issues with us as healthcare workers and students, a lot of them will start while we're in medical schools. And because of the high pressure, because you're just coached to push through, you kind of just carry that energy into your work, you know. And unfortunately, some of the times you will be ignoring your own mental health while that's happening. And 
sometimes you'll even be congratulated for ignoring it. And that's a very weird space to be in as an 18-year-old where now you must just hide how you're doing. And even though there's suffering in front of you where you're treating people, you yourself cannot show that, you know. So it's been a long time coming for a lot of us as health workers that during the pandemic, we are literally, I feel like I've been falling apart, you know, and only recently that I've taken time off, I actually feel like I'm back to being my normal self again, which is a problem because I was treating sick people while myself feeling very unwell and having to ignore that. So a lot of us have been tired. A lot of us have Mm -hmm. been depressed. A lot of us have lost our lives, um, suicide, a lot of mental health issues, you know, um, myself included. And it's really difficult to choose yourself in those moments. I'm getting quite emotional because they're just a lot of things that that have told us in training to not feel what we're feeling and to not express it. And when people do express it, they're called weak, Mm. all sorts of terrible things, you know. So it's a very tough space to be in. So we've been dodging bullets literally as healthcare workers. And now COVID-19 comes. And all of a sudden we must just be fine and applause must be enough and being called heroes must be enough when we have been calling out for help from our unions. We have been calling out for help from the department and it just, even into the pandemic, doesn't seem to come. So a lot of people want to give up. A lot of people have been in that place for a while and it's difficult because there's all these expectations from your family members, from society. A lot of people are not okay. A lot of people are just struggling to breathe right now and struggling to also recruit the help that they need. Mm. Struggling to say that, look, I'm not that hero. And what's sad is that for the first time, some of us are realizing it within ourselves. And that's a really tough realization for some people that have been in the field for many, many years. So to realize that actually I do need support, but to be in a system where there isn't much support is really heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So it's just a very dark place for some people. And for me, you know, unfortunately, I had to just completely take myself out because I got to the point where I was so anxious I couldn't go back into work stood outside the door. I was just like, no, this is not my life. Mm. After all the years of studying, after all the painful like procedures I've had to I've had to do, I stood there and I was like, this is not my life. I can't continue to give my life to a system that just continues to show me that, yeah, we, we can replace you. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so It's a very delicate place to be in for ourselves to even admit to Mm. and to even have to say that to the next person when everybody's praised you for all these years for being that health worker, you know. So, yeah, um, I, I speak on behalf of myself and other people that I know. I can't speak on everybody's behalf, but I know that it's just a difficult place to be in and we can't eat applause you know it's, it's been getting tougher and tougher 
you know, at the beginning of this year, I heard that some health workers didn't get their salaries. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying we're more... Okay, I am saying we're more deserving. We give up <laughs> our life force, you know, to instill and, and, and keep life force in others, you know. But it's just a hard place to be in, especially for people who have dedicated so much of themselves um, and have not many places to cry out to. Mm-hmm. I really want to thank you for your vulnerability because this is a conversation that can only be had vulnerably. And I'm glad that we started there before we go to systems and solutions because if we are speaking to healthcare workers with this conversation, I think a lot of them will be able to connect with what you've said on an incredibly deep level and I think that's where it needs to start and Dr. Hartley I I can see on your face that you are connecting also and and feeling this deeply for you what are some of the main factors perhaps even historically that have contributed to many healthcare workers feeling the way that Dr. Sifumba has been sharing with us I I think I first want to echo your sentiments and say thank you to Dr. Sifumba for that very telling and vulnerable encounter of what it's meant to be a healthcare worker in this time. And I think this question seems obvious, but also is is so complex and layered uh, because you're not just dealing with an equation, this plus this equals this. You're dealing with real people with real lives. And as she said so beautifully, life forces who are working to give other people a life force. I love that analogy. Um, and I personally have a very real interest in investing in healthcare workers. I resonate so deeply with her awareness that without the healthcare worker, you really don't have a healthcare system. You don't have people who can help people. And I think the grave mistake of our system is probably very, very historic. And that is just not having enabled or created an enabling environment for healthcare workers to navigate the space as people first. Uh, we see the professional and we expect the professional to show up in the space and serve the space. But even in those roles, they're really not as empowered to deal with the dynamic nature of the environment and the pressure in the environment. So if we go back to education, I think there are critical competencies every medical student needs to be able to land in a healthcare sector that is true to our context. Uh, I think a lot of medical education is currently serving an ideal. So ideally, you go to medical school and you learn about the human body because that's the only thing you'll ideally need to manage. But in reality, you leave medical school and you wake up one day and you are a leader, even as an intern, right? You're given the responsibility to navigate a ward and manage patients and, and really be almost like a chief administrator of an environment. Those expectations or those competencies are still required at each level you escalate. So while the way we upskill healthcare workers currently is still very critically in the clinical domain, we really need to empower them to be upskilled from multiple competencies in that regard. So everything from leadership competencies to personal development strategies, you need to be able to teach a medical student how to section out their time in their day to take care of their mental well-being, to care of their physical well-being. So I think from a solutions perspective, it's really about reimagining healthcare and designing atmospheres and spaces where clinicians get to contribute to what is an ideal clinician. And I think it's a multifaceted thing. It's not somebody who has clinical 
clinical competency only. It's somebody who's clinically sound, yes, but operationally excellent. But I don't want to be so naive to leave out the reality that these are also systematic problems. So I think part of the challenge in a lot of corporate environments or NGOs who've been looking to support healthcare workers particularly during COVID-19, where I think globally there was a recognition that the mental health of healthcare workers is going to be gravely compromised in this time, I think is a necessity to acknowledge how much environments contribute to those spaces. So when budget doesn't exist for PPE, or when you are not paying healthcare workers accordingly, those factors really, really do contribute to people's mental health uh, being a problem. And so I think it, there's a responsibility on organizations and, and systems that are responsible for the human resource of a healthcare worker to really step up and create enabling environments for them to be first identified as those who are high risk because you are a healthcare worker working in a high-pressured environment. You are vulnerable to mental health issues. And then creating safe environments for them to use those resources. I think creating enabling environments for healthcare workers as a mandate for organizations that say they serve them is an important part. I think enabling healthcare workers to personally find spaces where they can improve their personal development and reach out. But I think what Dr. Spuma touched on is something that I think we also don't recognize as really hard is awareness and creating environments where healthcare workers can self-diagnose, for lack of a better term, the reality of where they are and give them the space and the opportunity to reframe, reposition their lives so that they can go back into the space and add value. So that's what I said, I think is a hard question and it, it requires many contributions and in a multifaceted way. Uh, but I think it's, it's not as simple as saying, here are the resources, we've made them available. It's how do you enable this healthcare worker to start to take the wellness journey um, so that they can go back and reinvest themselves as a resource in the healthcare context. Mm. Dr. Sifuma, I think we've spoken so lovely about the bigger systemic issues also. So coming back to you a little bit more on a personal side, as you've mentioned, you have been in very stressful situations several times and had to deal with it. So from your perspective, what are some of the practical things, small and big, that healthcare workers can do in the midst of these stresses, even as we know the bigger system needs to change? So I've had a time tougher than most um, going through the health system as a medical student and a health worker. I contracted multidrug-resistant tuberculosis as a medical student, um, and that was earth-shattering. It was absolutely horrid. And then years later, I got into a really bad car accident after a 36-hour shift at work. A few months later, I was on the front line and COVID arrived on our shores and the big advocate that I was was trying to let management at my hospital know that, look, we have these shortages, we have this, we have that, we have that. You know, it arrived. They didn't listen to us. They didn't listen to any of our complaints. We had no PPE. And walking into work <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic where your respirator is clinically proven to not have any protective, like that, that works on you and you must just, you know, you must just be happy. You know, you must just be good. You know, they 
seeing people who've contracted COVID, having to resuscitate them, losing them, and then going back home and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm sick. So there are a lot of systemic problems that keep us voiceless as health workers, where we know where the problems are. We know why we are so stressed. We just have no place to air it out. But I think the things that need to be done is that health workers and students, we need to come back to seeing ourselves as human first and reclaiming that, you know, because it becomes very easy to kind of throw yourself into this work. And it's good work to throw yourself into because it's saving lives. But we pay very little attention to ourselves, you know, as vessels, you know, that also need care. You know, now you get less and less time to human. You get less and less time with your kids. You get less and less time to just relax sometimes, to breathe. Less and less time to make yourself a proper meal. Less and less time to sleep enough. You know, the basics. Yeah. You know? So there needs to be investment in the health system. And the health system being the people, first of all because we are breaking and we are the ones that need to heal people, but we also need healing ourselves, you know? So there needs to be some kind of space created where we can also access healing. I hear you. And it's a tough thing to do, but I think it's so important if we want to shift this and we have to shift this as both of you have made so clear. Thank you for having this conversation with me. It is a raw one and, and an important one for healthcare workers to hear. And I, I hope they do feel heard and seen by this conversation. To end off a conversation that could continue, <laughs> I'm going to ask you each in just a sentence or two to speak directly to the healthcare workers that might be listening. What is one thing you would like those, those listening to take away from this conversation? Uh, just thank you firstly for making time to invest in learning again about what it could look like for the healthcare sector to be different. I think the biggest thing challenging us as healthcare workers is our perspective and protecting a perspective that cultivates and fosters hope. There is a lot that isn't good, but what you are doing remains valuable in society and it's still needed. So continue to find the environments that empower you to understand what it looks like to adopt health-seeking behaviors and to enable yourself with competencies that can make you a better human, a better person, but then empower you to go back to that place of joy and enjoying the profession that you chose. You've invested a lot of time and energy. You've sacrificed a lot to be here and the efforts are not unseen. I think everybody who, who thinks of and knows of a healthcare worker is really thankful um, for your contribution in society, but it's okay to choose you and to find the environments that empower you to be your best self. And I think that would be my hope for all healthcare workers um, is just to know that there is hope for you in this healthcare system. And I pray for a day when we can start to be the agents of the change we want to see um, because we've seen how the structures have let us down, but we are not unable to become user innovators and create a healthcare system we want to work in. I think for me at this point in time, what I would say is to to look at your own healing. Look at your own healing. Look at your, and what I mean is look at your traumas. Look at where you've been hit, you know, and take charge of your healing. Recruit the support you need. Mm -hmm. You know, 
this healthcare system is not going to give it to us. Mm-hmm. So we need to take it and fighting for that. Rebel is my message. <laughs> Rebel is my message and, and get that tangible help from every sort of structure around you. Mm. <laughs> Thank you both so much for this conversation. I've been speaking to Dr. Zalawa Sivumba, a global health advocate, and Dr. Lato Khatle, the founder of Young MD. Oh, thank you so much for having us. My name is Alna Schutz. You've been listening to DE Vital Voices. We release new episodes every month, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Healthcare has never been more accessible, intelligent, or dynamic. It's also never been under more pressure. That's where GE Healthcare comes in. You and we, the clinicians and professionals on the front lines of delivering healthcare for your patients and communities. Also, those building the intelligent devices, data analytics, applications and services to enable you to do so more efficiently and with better outcomes. Together, we're at the center of an ecosystem striving for precision health. Find out more on gehealthcare.africa. We're also on all the social media like Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter as GE Africa. Thank you so much for listening.